0: We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
1: Welcome to A Course in Miracles.
2: there. So happy to join with you. So grateful, so thankful to uh, relax into living a course of miracles together. I'm Jennifer Hadley and you'll be flying with me today and the Holy Spirit. Of course, we're flying on the wings of the Holy Spirit. We're putting our trust and faith in the higher Holy Spirit Self. So let's begin with a prayer as we always do. Taking a breath of love and gratitude, we open our heart, we open our mind, we open ourselves to unlimited, unprecedented peace, love, joy. We're grateful and thankful to open ourselves to the highest possibility of love flowing through our heart, our mind, our life. We're consciously... Accepting the atonement for ourselves. We're saying yes to an end to thoughts of separation, thoughts of lack and limitation fall away. We are grateful and thankful to be the two or more who are gathered in the name and the nature of love for the release of all belief in sin and the suffering that it causes. We're grateful and thankful to let go of all the beliefs that no longer serve us, and we call upon the company. Of heaven, we call upon the Holy Spirit, beloved Master Jesus, the Master Pastor, to walk with us and talk with us. We are grateful and thankful to allow the Holy Spirit to decide for us so that we clearly recognize the most loving choices in every moment. We go forward and sin no more. In gratitude, we share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. In gratitude, we let it be, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Mm. So good. <laughs> Thank you for joining me with me today. Thank you for transcending time and space with me today by means of this radio show broadcast. (sighs) So, our topic that the Holy Spirit Showed to me for today is a release from sin, and there's a lot of talk about sin in a course of miracles because sin is such a big theme in our lives, in our human experience. Sin is such a a, a thick belief, right? It's been going on for years and years and years. <laughs> millennia, since religion started, a belief in sin. And that belief in sin, of course, it's a belief in something that doesn't actually exist. And so when we've got that belief in sin, what we're really looking at there is looking at this belief in separation. So we're stepping out of that with the Course in Miracles. We're stepping out of Even the belief in time and space. So that we can clearly recognize that time and space are tools for our learning. And that's it. That's it. So we're opening ourselves to that release from sin. Hmm. The belief in sin. We have no sins. And this is tricky for a lot of us because it's such a strong thought. In our minds because this way of thinking keeps us stuck in lack and limitation in fact in the text right in chapter 1 section 4 paragraph 3 it says darkness is lack of light as sin is lack of love darkness is lack of light as sin is is lack of love. So let us understand this definition of sin in A Course in Miracles. Darkness is lack of light. Now remember, we are light beings. We are the light. That's unchangeable. And remember too, I love when I got this from the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit showed me that light beams of light, waves of light energy, there's no way to make them dirty. There's just no way. There's no way to affix anything to a wave of light energy. If you think of the rays of the sun pouring down upon us, there's no way to hang some ugly thing on there. There's no way to hang something on there. We can diffuse light by placing a colored gel over it, or a screen, or a shade. Uh, there's, and we can block the light, right? We can block the light flowing into our awareness. So, literally, you could be in a room that is so tight, it has no light flowing into it, no windows, no uh light coming in under the door, it's possible to create a perfectly dark room, and still the light itself, the sunlight, is still undamaged, unhurt. And it's not degraded in any way. We're just shutting the light out of our awareness when we're in a dark room. So when it feels like we're in darkness and sin, we're just shutting out the awareness of our true nature, our true identity. But it's still there. And it's still perfect. It's still whole. It's still complete. So at night, when it seems that the sun is gone, and we can sometimes have a moonless sky, right? We have the stars there, but it seems like the sun is gone. The sun has deserted us. And yet, the sun is still there on the other side of the earth. And when we can see the moon, we can see the reflection of the sun in the moon. So there's that constant reminder that the light is there, and we're turning to face it. I think it's part of the reason why I remember when I used to, um, I used to really not like myself and feel like I was a lowly sinner. Two things. One is I would look forward to the night. Why? Because in the night I could go to sleep. I could shut out my thoughts and feelings and the other thing that I learned was oftentimes after having turned off of course the mind never sleeps Course in Miracles tells us that the mind never sleeps just the appearance of the mind sleeping seeming to rest Of course still working working away working away in the night but directed and guided in sleep time By the higher Holy Spirit self. So, waking in the morning, feeling, for me, sometimes, like all of us, sometimes feeling worse in the morning. I don't know about you, but I've had many experiences, fortunately not in a long time. But I used to frequently have the experience of waking up from dream time and feeling like, Ugh, I'm still here. Ugh, this place again. Ugh. Because in dream time I had traveled to other places and spaces in the mind, other dimensions, in spirit, and then waking up, ugh, oh, back here in density. Ugh. Oh, when's it gonna end? And then other times, waking up after having had a a, a day the day before where I was really focused in negativity, having that respite during the night and waking and feeling okay I can start again now now that the light is coming up one of the things about light and dark is there are constant reminders that we can choose light or dark and that even when it appears to be very very dark the sun is still shining the light is still shining in our spirit yes in our spirit. Hmm. So grateful for that. So darkness is lack of light as sin is lack of love. So the facts are there is no lack of light. It can only happen in our illusory experience. So only within the illusion can there appear to be a lack of light. Only in the illusion can there be uh, the appearance of the lack of light in our mind, in our heart. So no matter how much darkness we seem to have cultivated in our heart and in our mind, no matter how focused we have become upon the darkness, Our perfection, our light, our natural state, our true identity, our true nature is still perfect, whole and complete. It's still pristine. And there's no lack of love. So sin is the appearance of a lack of love, but there is no lack of love. Love is all that there is. And we live in a progressive universe. So, the universe that we live in is progressively becoming more light filled, more loving. So, love is always expanding, growing, not diminishing. No matter what your personal experience is, no matter what it looks like in the world, it's interesting to me, very interesting to me that sometimes we see in the news that people are saying, uh, or you might hear in your family, in your neighborhood, in your workplace, that people are saying things are getting worse. Things are not getting worse. There's less slavery than there was hundreds of years ago. I've just been traveling in England and and going to some of my favorite places: Avebury and Stonehenge and Glastonbury and Bath. And uh, yesterday we were at the Roman Baths in Bath, England, and thinking about the Romans and building the baths uh, in uh, the earliest part, uh, right after A.D., they came to England and built those baths, uh, which is an amazing thing if you've never been to Bath. All these places, Salisbury, Avebury, Stonehenge, Glastonbury, are uh, wonderful places to come and visit. I hope to do another Sacred Sites tour some point. Maybe I'll do one once a year or something. It's really just a fun trip and we're just having such a good time. Anyway, <laughs> uh, in Bath, the, the beautiful Baths, the amazing Baths were built with slave labor. Well, nobody in England builds anything with slave labor that we are aware of anymore. And if they were, they would be arrested. Slavery is now illegal in all the United Kingdom. But it didn't used to be. So we live in a progressive universe. It used to be that people who had different sexual orientation were... Uh, it was against the law, and in some places it still is against the law. But now we're supporting um, same-sex marriage and families, and that's a progressive universe. Uh, it used to be that people who were depressed might be put in mental institutions and locked up. Uh, people who are, had experiences of manic depressiveness uh, and other things would be without Real support. It used to be that when uh, there were certain illnesses, uh, people would be prescribed that th- their blood would be let, they would be cut and bled. There's all kinds of things. I'm, I'm not going to go any further because <laughs> these things are not very appealing. But so when people say things are getting worse, mm, that's just an appearance because of what people are focused on. So sin is appears to be a lack of love but there is no lack of love love is infinite love is eternal love is all that there is and love is unconditional omnipresent omnipotent omnipotent, omniactive so sin does not actually exist and it's helpful for us to remember that and to whenever we have the appearance of sin we can say, it's nothing. It's no thing. Now, one of the things sometimes people will ask me what my spiritual beliefs are, because uh, when people who are just meeting me and they find out that I'm a reverend, they'll say, oh, what what faith? What faith? And so uh, I'll say, new thought. And then they'll ask me about that. And I say, well, one of the things is a new thought is a philosophy. It's not a religion. Uh, Religions traditionally believe in sin. I do not believe in sin. And I do not believe in people being punishment for their sin. Uh, Jesus says in the text in chapter three, section 1, paragraph five, he says, "I, meaning himself, have been correctly referred to as the Lamb of God, who taketh away the sins of the world. But those who represent the Lamb as blood-stained do not understand the meaning of the symbol. Correctly understood, it is very simple symbol that speaks of my innocence. The lion and the lamb lying down together symbolize that strength and innocence are not in conflict, but naturally live in peace. So the lion and the lamb naturally live in peace. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God, is another way of saying the same thing. A pure mind knows the truth, and this is its strength. It does not confuse destruction with innocence, because it associates innocence with strength, not with weakness. So, the lamb and the lion lying down together, it's the peaceful mind. Is the strong mind that strength and innocence are not in conflict? That innocence is strength. <clears throat> and then he goes on to say, I'm going to take a sip of my tea here. Cheerio. I'm drinking a tea all the time, but in England, of course, there's more, more tea everywhere. <laughs> In paragraph 6 of that section, he says, Innocence is incapable of sacrificing anything, because the innocent mind has everything and strives only to protect its wholeness. So, innocence strives only to protect its wholeness. Innocence is not lacking anything. So, we're understanding the terminology that Jesus is using In A Course in Miracles. Because sometimes he uses words in ways that we're unfamiliar with. It's helpful to understand what he's talking about. He says, innocence cannot project. So another way of saying that is, innocence can have no judgment. Because when we have judgments, we have projection. All projections are judgments. All of them. So otherwise, we're seeing what's really there. Projections are our judgments. So innocence cannot project. It can only honor other minds because honor is the natural greeting of the truly loved to others who are like them. The Lamb taketh away the sins of the world in the sense that the state of innocence or grace is one in which the meaning of the atonement is perfectly apparent. So, Jesus, being someone who knew his innocence, he knew he was not a sinner. And it wasn't because he was born of a virgin birth. And personally, I, to me, it doesn't matter whether Jesus was born of a virgin birth. You notice that Jesus never talked about being born of a virgin birth. And historically there is evidence that the church added the virgin birth well after Jesus' death. They added that into the text. So no need to for me it's it's not worth a big discussion, but I'm just saying those things. So the Lamb taketh away the sins of the world in the sense that the state of innocence or grace is one in which the meaning of the atonement is perfectly apparent. So the atonement is when we recognize, when we accept the atonement, we're recognizing there is no separation, that all minds are joined. So in someone like Jesus who is representing that innocence, the Lamb, the one who is sinless, has never sinned, is without sin, which is our natural state, just by walking on the earth is representing the meaning of the atonement. It becomes apparent. And that's why people around Jesus would have healings because he was so clear he was Christ clear and his clarity shone forth like a light like a beacon that people in his presence would awaken to the realization of unity no separation the atonement it says the atonement is entirely unambiguous So, the atonement is clear. It's precise. (laughs) It's another way to say it. It's unambiguous. It is perfectly clear because it exists in light. Right? Light cannot be sullied. It cannot be made unpure. Only the attempts to shroud It in darkness have made it inaccessible to those who do not choose to see. So the attempts to shroud the atonement in darkness have made it inaccessible to those who do not choose to see. We're choosing to see. Now, what does that really mean to us? It means that we are going to accept our sinlessness. We have to accept our sinlessness. Now it says... In chapter 25, section 8, paragraph 14, he says, You have the right to all the universe, to perfect peace, complete deliverance from all effects from sin, and to life eternal, Joyous and complete in every way, as God appointed for His Holy Son. We have the right to all the universe, to perfect peace, complete deliverance from all effects of sin. Now remember, what is sin? It's the appearance of lack of love. It's when we're choosing not to be loving. That's Jesus' definition of sin. So, we have the right to complete deliverance from all effects of sin. So, what might an effect of sin be? So, I choose to be unloving and judgmental, and then I feel like there's something wrong with me. I feel bad. I feel guilty. I feel ashamed. I have a right to complete deliverance from all these effects. All the mental effects, all the emotional effects, all the physical effects, all the circumstantial effects, all those beliefs, we have the right. It says, this is the only justice heaven knows and all the Holy Spirit brings to earth. This is divine justice. This is heavenly justice. The full release from all the meaning that we have made of things. Complete deliverance from all the effects of sin. So, every bit of meaning that we have ever attached to any unloving choice we have ever made, that's what we can claim for ourselves. That's what we're choosing. How wonderful! How wonderful. This is the only justice heaven knows and all that the Holy Spirit brings to earth. Your special function shows you nothing else but perfect justice can prevail for you. And you are safe from vengeance in all forms. In other words, vengeance from other people, vengeance from God. We are safe from all forms of vengeance. It can seem Hard to believe. It can seem impossible to believe. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, you might say. I, when I was younger, I didn't know. I was unspiritual. I was mean and unkind to my children, to my loved ones. I beat my children. I was hurtful to them. I was uh, rude to them. I, I said mean things to them. Wait a minute. I did all these things. What do you mean? I'm safe from vengeance in all forms. What do you mean? I have a right to complete deliverance from all the negative karma that I've created. What? This is the world without sin. We have to claim it in order to have it. We have to claim it in order to have it. It says, The world deceives, but it cannot replace God's justice with a version of its own. So, the world that we have made up through projection, through judgment, it's deceptive, it deceives, but it still cannot replace God's justice with a version of its own for only love is just and can perceive what justice must accord the Son of God let love decide and never fear that you in your unfairness will deprive yourself of what God's justice has allotted you so even in our unfairness even in our ego attachments of sorting and labeling and separating all that unfairness all that judgment we still cannot deprive ourselves of what God's justice has already allotted to us. So we're going to talk about the justice of heaven, uh, which is text um, chapter 25, section 9. Uh, when we come back from the break, it's time for me to take a break. I'm Jennifer Hadley, and you're listening to A Course of Miracles, where we're walking the talk, we're living the love, right here on Unity Online Radio. I'll be right back.
0: Thank you for your support. Have you ever considered that everything you think, say, and do is a prayer to the universe? What would your life be like if you activated the power of yes? Join Rev. Beverly Molander and her exciting guests on Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes, To find out how they activated the power of yes in their lives, their communities, or even the world. If they can do it, you can too. Listen to Beverly Molander and her guests live every Monday at noon central, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Affirmative Prayer. Activating the power of yes. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
1: Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application as we return to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk.
2: Welcome back. I'm Jennifer Hadley. We're talking about the release from sin. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I'm in England this week, which is wonderful. I'm so excited to be here. Next week, I'll be in Germany. And the week after that, I'll be in Australia. So uh, if you're in Germany, I'm going to be in Frankfurt. I've got several days of workshops planned. And you can come and join me for the whole weekend. All the details for the uh Events in Germany are at the events page at jenniferhadley.com. And then when I'm in Australia, uh, the week after, you can check it out. I'll be in, oh, I've got to learn how to say this properly. My apologies. Carnes. 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 Um, and then in Melbourne. So I look forward to seeing you locally. I hope, I hope, I hope. And so you can get all those details at jenniferhadley.com on the events page. Also, I've got some retreats coming up, wonderful retreats. There's the Living A Course of Miracles retreat in North Carolina at the Art of Living Retreat Center. And that is uh, starting October 7th. It's Columbus Day weekend. It's a nice long weekend retreat. We're going to have a wonderful time. It's up in the Blue Ridge Mountains. We're going to enjoy the fall foliage. It's going to be spectacular. These are wonderful, intimate retreats. They're deeply healing. We do a lot of deep healing work. Uh, some people go on retreats, um, and uh, it's a lot of talking, talking, talking. Uh, teachers giving talks and teaching that way. I like to really get in there and do a lot of deep healing work, a lot of deep releasing work so that literally your life is never the same. And people tell me that all the time, that uh, going on the retreat. Uh, was a life-changing experience for them because when we change our mind then it is a life-changing experience so we can talk and talk and talk and we can study and we can read all kinds of books and listen to lots and lots of cds but if we're not really doing that healing releasing work then it seems like we're not making much progress and one of the things i really personally suffered with for a long time was i was such a good student but i wasn't really doing the deeper work i didn't know how I didn't feel like anyone was really teaching me how to do the deepest levels of work. So that's why I really asked Spirit to give it to me, to show it to me. And now that's what I share, what I learned and what helped me so much personally with my healing. Because I definitely felt like a lowly sinner. Uh, there was no question about that. And I, I thought that there was nothing I could do about it, that it was a permanent thing. And so once I really dis- decided, okay, I'm done with this. Whatever it takes, I am not going to live this way and think this way and feel this way anymore. Once I moved into that mindset then it all began to unfold for me. So that's what I like to be able to share with people. So in addition to that Living a Course of Miracles retreat, I'm doing a Forgive and Be Free retreat the weekend after. So the people who really would like to steep themselves in it can come for the whole week and do the deep forgiveness work. If you like, of course, you can do some one-on-one work with me in the middle of the week. And um, we have uh, a wonderful spa there at the Art of Living Retreat Center. So it's a wonderful place to have a beautiful spiritual retreat. And the fall foliage is going to be turning. It's going to be stunning. Then at the end of the year... Uh, for the start of the new year, I have my New Year's Reboot Retreat. I love going on retreat over New Year's weekend. It's such a nice opportunity to just really close out the year and start the new year with a completely refreshing energy. So I invite you to consider joining me for that. And then don't forget, in Thailand in November, I'm in Thailand the whole month of November, and we've got... um, The next spiritual counseling training intensive. I start one here in the United Kingdom today in Salisbury. Yay! And um, I love doing these intensives. It's a week long intensive training for uh, spiritual counseling training. Anyone can come. There are no prerequisites. And uh, if you would like to take it to earn, CEUs, Continuing Education Units, Continuing Licensing Units. That's something you can do. We can help you earn those um, credits. Uh, You could do that for the Forgive and Be Free retreat as well. We can help you with that because many people who are doing all kinds of Healing work, counseling work, coaching work, the forgiveness work is critical to what they're doing. And a lot of times uh, people will come to uh, therapists for long years steeped in guilt and shame or blame and resentment, regret uh, because of the unforgiveness. And uh, people will um, suffer with it for decades without healing it. And uh, in my experience, we can heal so much in a workshop in a day and certainly in a weekend. And um, and it's so renewing. It's the best anti-inflammatory, anti-aging thing I know forgiveness 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 of course that's the essence of A Course in Miracles and so that's why I'm doing the Living A Course in Miracles retreat before the Forgiven Be Free retreat so people can combine them if they wish and just enjoy that beautiful mountain air it's so healing and refreshing in the sights of the leaves turning and are being together in fellowship. Um, but then in Thailand, I'm doing that spiritual counseling training intensive uh, for a week in Thailand. And then the week after that is my self-love and extreme pampering. And I know some people are going to combine those two, which you definitely can. We'll also do a little bit of sightseeing in Bangkok. So uh, I just love when we can get together and do the healing work. It's so inspiring to me how much people can heal so in such a short time when they're willing. And I love that expansion and participating in it. So we're back to healing this idea of sin in our mind and recognizing there's a divine justice. The justice of heaven is what Jesus calls it in section 10 of chapter 25 in the text, he says what can it be but arrogance to think your little errors cannot be undone by heaven's justice and what and so no matter what you might have done in this life or any other no matter what it's arrogance to think that it cannot be undone by heaven's justice will you continue to be arrogant And hold on to your belief that you do not deserve, that you are not worthy, that you will be punished, that you deserve to be punished. Will you continue to punish yourself? Or will you allow heaven's justice to prevail? It says, and what could this mean except that they are sins and not mistakes? Forever uncorrectable and to be met with vengeance, not with justice. So, your little errors, he's saying, you believe are sins and not mistakes, forever uncorrectable and to be met with vengeance, not with justice. This is why we, in our minds, we love to identify with the ego and think when someone has done something cruel or unkind in the world, that they should be punished. But punishment does not redeem people. Punishment does not reclaim people. And these are the messages of Jesus' parables over and over and over again. So the prodigal son, when he comes home, he's not chastised, he's not punished, he's welcomed. A feast is prepared. He's given a ring for his finger. He's given beautiful claws. You know, Jesus gives us these um, symbols in his stories to make it very clear. Not only is the prodigal son welcomed, he's celebrated. He's not a sinner. He's come home. This is to be celebrated. So just... Tune in for a moment and think of someone in your life that you may have felt they did something that hurt you. They did something that was unkind or cruel, that felt like a punishment to you. Something that you would like them to be punished for. something that happened to you that you felt you did not deserve. And you're holding in your mind that those people that did it to you should be punished, that they do not deserve love or they deserve to to be somehow outside the circle of love in your heart. Whenever we put someone outside the circle of love in our heart, That sacred circle in our heart. Whenever we put someone outside of it, we are placing ourselves outside of it. Because when we're choosing to withhold love, then we are not experiencing love. What is sin but the appearance of lack of love? So this is what we do. We say, that person sinned against me. I'm going to hold them outside my loving heart. Where then is the lack of love experienced? Is it experienced outside of us? No, it's experienced in our heart. That's where the sin is actually experienced. The sin is when we are choosing to block the flow of love. And if we block the flow of love again and again and again, you know what happens is we become confused because we forget who we really are. We forget the truth of our being. Now we no longer feel innocent. Without the innocence, there's no real strength. We feel weak. So then we look for the things of the world to make us feel strong. Oh, let me have lots of money. That will make me feel strong. Oh, let me have uh, a spouse who looks good to other people. That will make me feel strong. Let me have two houses. That will make me feel strong. Let me have a fancy car. That will make me feel strong. Let me... uh, Control and manipulate my family, my co workers. That will make me feel strong. Let me have a very super fit body that other people admire. That will make me feel strong. Our strength comes from our innocence. Our innocence is when our heart is pure. What can it be but arrogance to think your little errors cannot be undone by heaven's justice? And what could this mean except that they are sins and not mistakes, forever uncorrectable, and to be met with vengeance, not with justice? Are you willing to be released from all effects of sin? Are you willing, are you just willing to be released? from all effects of sin. Consider that now. Are you willing to be released from all effects of sin? You cannot answer this until you see that the answer, that all that the answer must entail For if you answer yes, it means you will forgo all values of this world in favor of the peace of heaven. Not one sin would you retain, and not one doubt that this is possible will you hold dear that sin be kept in place. You mean that truth has greater value now than all illusions. And you recognize the truth must be revealed to you because you know not what it is. To give reluctantly is not to gain the gift because you are reluctant to accept it. It is saved for you until reluctance to receive it disappears and you are willing it to be given you. So this is the place where we are in. We're between worlds in a sense. Because we're recognizing that in order to feel whole, perfect, and complete, to heal the mind, to heal the body, to heal the emotional body, to heal our finances, to heal all sense of lack, limitation, and separation, no matter how it's showing up, in order to do that, we must be willing to be completely loving. And we have to give up trying to manage control and manipulate things in the world. We have to give up valuing the things of the world more than peace, more than joy, more than love. Now, abundance and prosperity are spiritual qualities, just like Peace and harmony are spiritual qualities. Abundance and prosperity are spiritual qualities, just like creativity and beauty are spiritual qualities. So, when we seek the kingdom first, then everything is added unto us, meaning a full realization of all the spiritual qualities. So, we have to forgo all values of this world in favor of, of the peace of heaven and that's where we get stuck think of jesus and the wealthy young man who wanted to follow him so excited he, he sees Jesus, meets Jesus, is there talking with the disciples, so excited about what they're doing. He's feeling the presence, the power of the Christ. He's feeling it rising in him. This is my calling. This is what I, I would love to go with you. And Jesus says, you're most welcome to come along. Give up everything of this world, all your money, everything. Give it to the poor. And when you do that, then come along with us. And I, I think of that rich young man going, Okay, I get it. That's option number one. Option number one is I give everything to the poor and I come with you. Option number two, just hear me out on this, Jesus. What if I held on to my riches and everywhere we went, I got us an upgrade at the inn." We, we could get better food and we could share some of that with the poor and we could get better transportation, we could go faster from town to town we wouldn't have to walk as much uh, there could be a lot of benefits here if I hold on to and Jesus is standing there saying if you want to come with me you have to give up your attachments in the world that's the only way. That's the only way. So that's why it says in the Bible that it's easier for um, a camel to go through the eye of the needle than it is for uh, a rich man to get into heaven. It's really that we, if we have a lot of stuff, we get attached to it. So it's not that we have to give up all our stuff. It's we give up all attachment to it. So, for instance, in my life, I have been uh, for, well, since uh, for the last couple of years, I have been traveling. I did have a home in Hawaii for a year, but I've been, but I don't have it anymore. (laughs) And it was just a temporary rental, even furnished. I gave away my furnishings in um, California. I gave up my home in California, which I had for 22 years. I gave up most of my stuff. I have some stuff in storage. I definitely have a lot of things in storage because I haven't gotten rid of my clothes. Because so I can always keep wearing them and wearing them because I'm not that. Um, I don't go with the trends so much and wear um, the fashionable trends. I tend to wear the same things for decades. <laughs> I keep wearing them again and again. Because I like them. That's how I am, and uh, so why throw them away? They're perfectly good. So I just put them in storage, and I have some things like my grandparents' wedding china and things like that. So um, maybe it'll go to my niece later or one of my nephews. Who knows? But uh, and it's not that I wouldn't like to have a home because I I love having a home. I love decorating. is really fun for me. It's really creative, joyful, making a beautiful, loving space to do my spiritual practice in and to invite others into. It's one of my favorite activities. But my guidance has been to keep moving and keep moving. And I feel that I'm sharing the energy that's growing as I become more and more my true self in my own awareness. I become more and more identified with the light. I bring that light and shine that light with me. And it certainly is my intention to awaken, to fully accept the atonement for myself, to live as the Christ consciousness, and to demonstrate that in this world. And... So, part of my practice is to give up all attachments. And by traveling so much, I am giving up so many attachments because it's very easily easy to get attached to. Um, No, I like, I only like um, half and half, uh, or cream in my coffee, or my tea, or I only like um, this for breakfast. Uh, You know, I like to have buckwheat or millet for breakfast. Well, there's no such thing along my route. And I'm not going to put a lot of energy into trying to uh, make it be exactly as I wish it would be. In fact, (laughs) I was staying someplace for uh, a couple weeks where people were making breakfast for me, and they said, uh, do you have any special requests? And I said, yes, I'd love to alternate buckwheat and millet and um, uh, for breakfast, just a simple bowl, uh, no big deal, that's all I need. And um, the... I was oh yes, we can do that for you. I said, you know, this is the time. I'll, I'll be coming for breakfast each day. And so it's just convenient, you know, when to make it. You can make it ahead of time. And it just didn't seem to actually happen very much. So I just was like, oh, they said they were going to do it. They're not doing it. I will have, they have oatmeal. They have these things. I'll, I'll have that without attachment, without anger, without resentment, without trying to fix it. Learning to live without attachment in so many ways. And so anytime we have unforgiveness, resentment, guilt, blame, shame, anything that blocks the light, that is holding someone outside of our heart, it's an attachment. It's a cause of suffering. So... Sin is the appearance of lack of love. There's no such thing. But we in our heart can cultivate that lack of love. Let us accept divine justice. That all our errors, all our belief in errors, will be undone by heaven's justice, if we let it. And all the effects all the negative karma, all the perceived effects undone completely if we choose it. We just have to allow the Holy Spirit to do the heavy lifting. We have to be willing, 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 willing. We set the intention to be more willing every day, to be fully willing today. And we watch for the signs that we're holding someone outside our heart. We look for the signs where we're cultivating that lack of love. When we label someone else a sinner, we will always feel a sinner because we are one with them. If we would like to release all guilt, shame, and regret, stop blaming other people. Stop resenting other people. Stop shaming other people. Stop blaming other people. That's it right there. I'm so grateful to celebrate that sin is not real. It has no power. There's only one power. It's the power of love. Oh, and speaking of the power of love, uh, that's the name of my ministry. And I am so happy to be teaching teachers now i'm so grateful for that we're stepping more and more into that with so in so many ways you can look at all the events at the jennifer hadley events page jenniferhadley.com if you value this radio show if it's meaningful for you one thing you can know is we are going to be announcing that transcript page very soon uh, we're, we're working on it we've got many of the transcripts already done for all these radio show broadcasts more than 250 250- 50 now, so we'll be posting them, all of that will be free for downloading very soon and if you'd like to support that effort you can make a donation at jenniferhadley.com or livingacourseofmiracles.com remember we have a lot of free uh, Course in Miracles classes in addition to all of these radio shows, lots of free things so go and check it out your contributions are what make all of this possible And so much more. And don't forget the free A Course in Miracles app for iPhones and iPads at iTunes. Yes. And remember you can get all the downloads of this radio show at iTunes as well. And Stitcher. Taking that breath of love and gratitude, we give thanks that love is all that there is and love is all that we are. With our hand on our heart, we declare wholeheartedly that we are going forth to sin no more. We are grateful and thankful to release all belief in sin, to let it go, and to claim our innocence, to claim that pristine awareness of the Christ is our true identity. In gratitude, we share our healing and expansion with everyone because we're one with them. We give thanks to let it be, to know it's done, and so it is. Amen. 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 I love you. God bless you. I hope to see you soon.
1: Thank you for tuning in to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Join us every Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. Central. For more tools and insights into how to express your beliefs from moment to moment, every day, in every way, A Course in Miracles, living the love, walking the talk, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by JenniferHadley.com, a global resource providing tools, insight and support for those seeking to live A Course in Miracles, every day, in every way online at www.jenniferhadley.com While there, we invite you to visit Jennifer's blog where you can join with the community of like-minded people who have become Jennifer's prayer partners through her daily power prayer. Like them, you can enjoy this extra support as you come to walk your talk and live A Course in Miracles every day, in every way.
0: Things may happen around you. Things may happen to you. But the only things that really count are the things that happen in you.
1: This meditative moment from Reverend Eric Butterworth is brought to you by Unity.
0: Sometimes you feel so alone and overwhelmed you don't know where to turn.